This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts from across the world. And today, it is Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. No prizes for guessing the big story of the day. Big tech profits surging to unexpected heights, even as the global economy starts to emerge from the pandemic that gave a boost to the big tech companies last year. These earnings announced by Apple, Alphabet and Microsoft showing that demand for digital services continues to soar. Yeah, it does. And it's almost a kind of sign of the times that we almost expect these real knockout reports. It's almost like if the company announces a knockout report that easily beats expectations. They don't really get the credit for it in the markets. Apple share price pre-market is down 1%, but they've announced some real bumper uh, numbers all in all. Um, but it doesn't really get that much support in the share price. Alphabet, again, also not announcing these knockout numbers. The share price up 4% in pre-market, but again, that's not that does not exactly reflective of just how big a beat uh, that we saw from these numbers. I think at least you can say from Apple's perspective that while the numbers were much stronger than expected, I mean, we're talking a big beat on uh, expect on, on estimates here. The 130 earnings per share versus 101, uh, 81 uh, billion revenue versus 73, um, and it, it just keeps. The more you break down the data, the the better the numbers seem to just appear. Um, so these are very strong figures in what is traditionally a, a softer quarter for Apple, but it seems that demand for the 5G iPhone has continued to remain strong even with the next product uh, release um, coming uh, in, uh, expected in. September. But the, the issue for, uh, maybe for Apple a bit more than the others is the fact that the warning about maybe slower growth um, in, the, in, the, in the coming quarter. Um, and and the, 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 they all seem to mention these kind of supply constraints as well. So perhaps that is dampening things as well. Apple also not really offering much guidance in terms of the coming quarters, which they haven't uh, really been doing um, since the pandemic started. So you, you can maybe understand slightly why um, why people are not overlooking the good numbers but why there is some downside to these reports but like i say it, it, it's just it's got to the point now where you just expect um these companies to not just beat the street estimates but absolutely hammer it and it's exactly what they've done once more and i suppose the other potential downside to these uh, numbers is that it may lead to calls for more curbs on the profits of tech companies. We've already seen uh, the G7, the G20 agree to do that. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens there. But uh, these incredible profits will probably mean that we'll have more analysts saying, well, it's time to actually share it around a bit. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like this is a conversation which has been had for such a long time without anything actually happening. And even with the agreement that you're talking about with the G7, G20, um, it's it's all well and good agreeing on something and acting it um, is not always quite so straightforward. So uh, I guess we'll soon see whether these companies start to pay more of their fair share where it's due. Um, but they, there's no doubting that the numbers that we are seeing uh, from them. I mean, Apple is now, I think, a, is it a two and a half trillion dollar company, um, and still rising. I mean, the, the numbers you're talking about are, are absolutely phenomenal, and um, I, the, the the pandemic has been good 
to these companies as well. They're almost like the companies that least needed it. Uh, they've, they've done very well. People working at home, more devices, uh, more time streaming, more time using uh, using apps, more time using their devices, um, using uh, the, the the benefits to cloud advertising, uh, sorry, to advertising, etc. It all just seems to have uh, worked out um, very well for, like, like say, these companies which as you've already alluded to were already uh, pretty massive going into it and the surprise is how they've kept the momentum going because there were some concerns that once the pandemic starts to uh, go you know in in the right direction for the world that uh, I mean Netflix is one example you know people less time at home uh, watching less screens um, but that doesn't seem to be a problem with these companies no, it's almost like the biggest issue that they have is the supply constraints and what what impact that could have on dampening uh, the sales. Uh, but the, I mean, I think I think it is also worth remembering that while we're not in lockdown anymore, movement is still <clears throat> either restricted in certain countries or in others. People are choosing not to um, return to life quite as normal just yet. So there is going to be that kind of lag, uh, that lagging benefit. I guess it'll be a year or so before we really know what type of impact a life returning to normal is going uh, is going to have but then I guess you've also got a year and a half of people uh, not spending as much money so maybe the, the, there'll be some benefits on that side as well um, but yeah it <clears throat> it is going to be interesting to see what the kind of return to normality is going to do to a number of these companies like you say Netflix is one where people aren't going to spend as much time at home so that is that that's quite an obvious uh, that's quite an obvious one. But with something like Apple, people aren't going to stop using their phones. They're not going to stop using their iPads. They're not going to stop using their watches. They're not going to stop using their services. And that's a part of the business that Apple's been trying to grow for a number of years now. And by getting by selling the devices to people, encourages them to to use the, the services side of the business a lot more. So you can see that there is going to be more prolonged benefits um, in, in, in areas like that. I suppose one of the problems for Netflix, and we'll talk about them another day, but uh, there's only a finite number of programs that can be made. And I know they've struggled to produce uh, these TV programs during the pandemic for for obvious reasons, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, Let's switch stories. The US Fed reporting tonight. What are you expecting? So I'm ex- I'm expecting them to be very cautious. I know there's um, the, the 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 usual Fed fears around tapering and whether they will look to taper sooner because the economy has enjoyed a very strong second quarter and we are seeing higher than normal inflation numbers and whether they'll be tempted to start tapering soon and whether they will use this meeting to warn of upcoming uh, tapering and pairing back the emergency era stimulus that was announced uh, last year in order to deal with the pandemic. And those kind of fears always weigh a little bit on the markets, particularly going into these meetings. I think they'll be a little bit cautious. I think they'll be a little bit cautious for a couple of reasons. One is that they keep saying that they think the inflation data is transitory. And as long as they continue to believe that to be the case and they continue to believe that inflation is only going to return to target or maybe below, then there's the urgency to remove this stimulus. While we are still in a pandemic, um, it is not quite as severe. It becomes more severe when they start to believe that maybe the there's more permanent uh, impacts uh, on the inflation outlook and maybe therefore they need to act if the economy doesn't need 
trade the support quite as much anymore and inflation becomes a greater risk. The other reason why I think they will be cautious is because we are seeing another surge in the US right now and therefore they, they I imagine they're going to want to see how the next couple of months plays out on that sense, how much of an impact the vaccine has um, and whether, whether that will be contained or whether more restrictions are going to need to be imposed and therefore whether more, that, that support is going to continue to be necessary um so I, I think i think there's at least a couple of reasons why the fed will be cautious this evening and won't be in any mood to kind of spook these markets but i, I guess we will see they're going to have to do it at some point they're going to have to um lay the groundwork for it and the hints are going to start appearing i think if they hint at doing so later this year early next year i don't think the investors should freak out about that but you just you don't know um the, the feds as we've seen in the past is critically important for these markets and having them on side um is is always important as far as sentiments concerned when these markets are pretty much at or around uh, record high uh, record high levels but my guess at the moment would be that they'll 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 err on the side of caution uh, for all the reasons i've said okay moving a little closer to home when i say home i mean the uk Interesting numbers from the International Monetary Fund overnight, which says the UK economic recovery will outstrip the G7. Britain, it says, will be the world's fastest growing advanced economy this year after the rapid vaccine rollout and support for households and businesses persuaded the IMF to upgrade UK GDP more than any other country. So that's good news, isn't it? Yeah, it's great news. Um, I mean, I think there's always two. There's a, there's a couple of things we should know with this. One is the, one of the reasons why we're expected to grow so strongly already was uh, because we contracted so much last year. So uh, on an on a on a comparative basis, we've got we're kind of coming from a lower base. Um, so we were already expected to grow strongly. But the vaccine rollout has been a massive success story, and it's the reason why uh, the government has decided to drop all restrictions and why people are free to go about their lives as normal as we've been able to since March last year, uh, where other countries are still lagging behind, both on the vaccine front but also on the freedom uh, side of things as well. It all looks good now, and it all sounds good now. We did see that kind of. Um, the the fatality number creep higher uh, yesterday, um, which is maybe uh, something that will, will become a greater concern over the course of the next week or two if that trend does continue. We did speak, I think, yesterday about the fact that while cases how were soaring um, over the course of the last uh, few weeks. We have had five, six, seven days in a row where the cases have been dropping and um, that happening alongside fatalities still remaining extremely low and hospitalizations only rising gradually means that it, it's looking very promising um, in terms of uh, in terms of maintaining no restrictions. But as we also noted, if cases are dropping because testing is dropping then we are maybe going to get a bit of a shock when we do start to see the other numbers start to um heading head in a different direction so i think this next couple of weeks is really going to be critical um uh, as far as the uk is concerned if restrictions remain lifted and the numbers remain manageable and we don't see more spikes then yeah i think it's quite clear that we are going to enjoy a strong end to the year growth wise but i'm sure those imf uh, numbers and forecasts will be revised quickly if uh, if the if, if the situation uh, with the uh, with the virus um, surge does start to uh, and mean that we need uh, more restrictions being imposed going into the autumn winter time. 
Okay, Craig, um, before we leave you today, what else should we look out for for the rest of the week? Earnings is still the key one. Uh, we've still we, we've had some major tech names overnight that we've just discussed, but we've still got other tech names that are still due to report. We've still got Amazon, um, which has obviously been in the news quite a lot this week. We've got Facebook and others, um, uh, and obviously we've we've already talked about the Fed this evening. I think I think eyes are still very much firmly locked on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency space because of how that's moving. It seems that the Amazon story. Uh, supposedly helped it surge towards $40,000. The denial of it by an, an Amazon insider doesn't seem to have changed that. So uh, this is what I, I think I was saying yesterday with it, it's amazing when, when you do see the tide turn in terms of sentiment in the cryptocurrency space. It's amazing what apparent good news stories can do to the price, but then but then it, 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 the the price still holds even when they're denied. So it, it, it's very indicative where this mar- where the market is right now, and therefore the the outlook for Bitcoin in the near term is potentially looking quite bullish. Uh, we may see that start to take off once more. So I think that's going to be uh, one to certainly watch now um, uh, over the co- over the course of the coming days. And given kind of how it is responding to kind of risk appetite in the markets as well. Um, if we do see a really dovish Fed tonight and we start to see those stock markets hitting those record highs again, we start to see risk assets performing well, then that's going to be supportive as well. So, uh, yeah, I think I think there's a number of things still to come this week. We are very much right now in the midst of an intense 48 hours for these markets. So it's going to be a, a real interesting one between now and Friday. OK, very interesting. Craig, thanks for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. The Oanda Podcast.